Cam Rising is done for the year as Utah's quarterback. It's all on Bryson Barnes. Can he win the Pac-12? You are locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free. But until then, beloved and loaded Conference of Champions, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show, which day is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. America. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. My man JT Wistersill of Locked On Utes is here today. We'll talk about Bryson Barnes, the injury to Lander Barton, and how that shapes or impacts the Pac 12 championship landscape here. Landscape, and we'll do some Pac 12 power rankings as well. Gosh, I'm all fired up for this one. JT, your answer to the question of the show today can Bryson Barnes? Once not on scholarship to play football at the University of Utah, can that guy win the Pac-12 in a conference that has Bo Nix and Michael Penix and still technically Caleb Williams, though, you know, USC, yesterday's news in the contender, but not technically out of it, not technically. DJ Uyunglele, can Bryson Barnes be that guy? So this is where it's a good job by you wording the question, right? Because obviously Bryson Barnes can't beat any of the guys you just listed and many more of the Pac-12's potent quarterbacks that we haven't discussed. But this Utah football team can win a Pac-12 championship this year with Bryson Barnes starting because the team itself is loaded. This defense is legit. It's one of the best in college football. I'm excited to see what they're going to do against this Oregon offense. It's best on best, in my opinion this Saturday at Rice-Eccles Stadium. But, yeah, this defense is elite. Rush the passer, stop the run. Playmakers in the secondary. Like, they held Caleb Williams in check for a lot of that game. Of course, USC made a couple chunk plays. It's USC. It's going to happen. But overall, Caleb did not shred them. And I think that this secondary is capable, and defense in general, is capable of slowing down a lot of those really strong quarterbacks that you just listed off. And then offensively, this is what's nice about Bryson. And just in general, Andy Ludwig, what he's done is – you can do different things with Bryson because you also recognize like, hey, we could just split him out wide and then let's get Sione Vaki and Jaquindon Jackson in there and do direct snaps to those guys and a read option, which I mean, Sione Vaki, Spencer right now. I mean, he's just incredible. It's so much fun to watch him play football. What he's doing on both sides of the ball as both a receiving back, a traditional running back and standing out at safety is sensational. So you got some guys who are some of the best players in college football at their positions right now. And I think Sione Vaki deserves to be right up there for dual threat guys. I know what Travis Hunter did, especially earlier in the year, but Vaki's coming on really strong right now. So yeah, the offense, the offensive line is doing a pretty good job. You got pass catchers who can make some plays, but the strength of this team is the running game. This Utah football team every year, even when they weren't winning Pac-12 championships, wanted to be one that played good defense and ran the football well. They can do both those things. And if you can run the football well, you can keep those quarterbacks that are really good in this conference off the field. It's going to be really tough for Utah to make or win a Pac-12 championship. But because this game is played with a team and not just the quarterbacks, Utah has a chance because they might. I still believe they have the best top-to-bottom roster of these teams in the Pac-12. I think they execute at such a high level. They are mm-hmm. so well coached. 
on both sides of the ball, particularly on, on defense where Kyle Whittingham has been making his money for a long, long time now. If Utah stumbles once more and, you know, takes that would take them out of the college football playoff discussion and maybe the Pac-12 championship discussion if they were to lose this Saturday uh, against Oregon, for instance. But I, I look at Utah and really feel for Utes fans, JT, if that comes to fruition, right? We, we don't know how the season's going to end. For all we know, Utah is going to prove everybody wrong. By the way, I remember talking with friends a couple of years ago asking, can you win a national championship with Stetson Bennett? Can you do it? Well, guess what? You can win not one, but two <laughs> national championships with Stetson Bennett. And Bryson Barnes, I think, poses the same sort of question. On the surface, the answer is, no, you can't. But then you look deeper at it and you go, well, if the team around him, much like Georgia, is just that good, then yeah, you might be able to get to that level. It's certainly not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Oregon is almost a touchdown favorite at Rice Eccles this week, which is a, a, a lot of points. It opened at five. It's moved to six and a half. So that tells me the public likes Oregon still, though, over a field goal at Rice Eccles, I think is telling at some level as to how Vegas thinks of Utah. Let me play devil's advocate here, JT, and I'm going to answer this question eventually here because i haven't given my answer yet you you of course have let me just go into the devil's advocate role for a moment bryson barnes was not starting once upon a time in this season because they thought nate johnson gave them a better chance to win nate johnson went on the road against oregon state and put up seven points is, is this just a fact a, a function of having played usc's defense and not one the the caliber of Oregon's that's coming into Salt Lake City this week and we're overvaluing Bryson Barnes because he just had an outstanding game in which he did throw a pick six but also went for 235 and three scores and made plays with his legs maybe but I will say I thought the offense showed signs of getting on the right track against Cal the week before that's where we saw Sione Vaki really break out the first time with that big game on the ground Jaquindon Jackson really started to get going the offensive line fresh off the bye week executing at a higher level Bryson just looking more comfortable it was kind of like that was the teaser of what this team could be and that's like okay can you do it against a step of an opponent against USC and they were able to do so it, it is going to be very hard for Utah to beat Oregon even but I think it's also important to put in perspective just how how hard it is to win inside Rice Eccles Stadium. And we've talked about this stat both times on our shows, how no team has won in Rice Eccles Stadium in true home game fashion since 2018. That was Washington back then. This Oregon team's really good. They're capable of doing it, and Oregon should be favored in this game. But it's it's going to be a grudge match. It always is when you take on Utah. The battle in the trenches is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to see it play out in this one. And Bryson is a guy who does enough. He's also overall, he's a good game manager because even the, the pick six he threw, I would say Satawa Laumea, who I really like, just he gets beat there. Pressure in Bryson's face. He feels needed and forced to make a play. Like the, I put that on Satawa for getting beat first and foremost. Bryson can't throw the interception there. I'm not saying that, but if the offensive line, when Utah executes the other players execute, Bryson then makes plays. Bryson is not someone who goes, I'm going to put Utah on my back and get it done with my arm. He, he got it done with his legs late in the game, obviously with that long run he had on the scramble. But if the offensive line gives him time, if playmakers are open, very similar to the touchdown pass he had it, to Landon King, pressure came up the middle, rolled out to the right, found Landon King in the end zone. If guys get open and he's given time, 
He can make plays. And that's all you need when you are so elite at so many other positions and do so many other things well, especially defensively, because this is a Utah defense that even against Oregon's offense is going to have a chance to create some turnovers and thus give Utah short fields that they could potentially capitalize on. I, I, I earlier in the year, when, when Cam wasn't playing and we know that Cam isn't going to play and whether or not he comes back next year, we we, we don't know. We'll just have to wait and see in the offseason. That would be, a, I think, optimal scenario for the Utes going into the Big 12. It would certainly make them the conference favorite when you look at what that league is doing right now. They are not good outside of Texas and Oklahoma. But I, I think that for Bryson Barnes, my take earlier was, no, nah, you can't win a Pac-12 championship in this league with uh, with with Bryson Barnes at the helm, you got too many other good quarterbacks there. In Oregon and Washington, we're doing Pac-12 power rankings later later in the show. They're at the top of my power rankings list. They have been for the last several weeks. I think most people would have them there. But the number three team is Oregon State, and I don't think anybody looks at Oregon State who beat this Utah team and would say, "Well, you know, it's because they've got just such amazing quarterback play." No, they get enough. They they, they get enough. So it's a reservation for me. But to say that it's impossible, I don't think is accurate. Now, he's not the only Ute that is making people like JT, for instance, question whether or not Utah can actually beat Oregon and Washington. And uh, do they have anyone else tough this year? I uh, just, I mean, not, I mean, they go to Arizona. That'll be an interesting. Now they one. go to Arizona. Yeah. Oh yeah. That could be, that could be a tough you, game. Some of us had that, that one for a while. <laughs> yeah. Some, some of us had that picked as an upset before the season. How ridiculous do I look now? Yeah. That's what I thought. Anyway. So we have to talk about that. Let's talk about LinkedIn jobs though, because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be hundred percent certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. Just like Kyle Whittingham wants to be hundred percent certain He's starting the right quarterback. Bryson Barnes has shown with a couple of really good road wins in the last couple of years, he's the right candidate for that job. LinkedIn jobs could have helped him find that uh, that that open position a little bit sooner. But, you know, Kyle Whittingham just, you know, decided to go back and forth for a few weeks. He can do it however he wants. He's won two straight Pac-12 championships. LinkedIn jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. And LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, JT. So uh, Bryson Barnes, I'll say it. I, I, I have seen enough to where I can go. Oregon State and Utah built in the same mold, kind of look like the same team this year. Yeah. They just need their quarterback to go for. 220, 250. I mean, kind of. We both scores. know how good DJU is compared to Bryson. Like, I like Bryson, but like DJU is done. Yeah, I agree. He has a higher that. ceiling, but does DJ yeah. need to go for 350 yards and two touchdowns no. in order for Oregon State to win? No, he can go for no, 200. Bo, Bo Nix doesn't need to do that either, though. You know, he's capable of it at a higher level than DJU is. I think Bo does more for Oregon than Bryson or Agreed. DJ do for their Agreed. teams. Agreed. But I, I, I do agree that Oregon certainly has the best ground game of. The remain. I mean, Oregon State's is really good, but I mean, Bucky. Utah's Irving, coming on. <laughs> Utah's coming on with Sione Vaki. Yeah, a lot of good rushing attacks here. Mm-hmm. And then there's Washington, who just, you know, they just throw it all over the field and say, yeah, we we could run the football, but it's not you know, <laughs> why 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 broke why why fix what isn't broken? You know, yeah, it was broken for one game. It's one game. It's an off game. I don't mm-hmm. anticipate that being the case. By the way, JT, I had a Husky fan tweet at me. Hey, stop picking Washington to cover because every time I pick them to cover, they play a close game, except the Oregon game. Um, 
Yeah, I got news for you, Husky fans. I'm going to pick a bounce back spot here against Stanford. Um, most likely. Anyway, so let's get to the other loss before we get to Pac-12 power rankings here on on the show. Lander Barton, the linebacker yeah. for, for the Utes. This is a great defense. Well coached, not predicated on getting, you know, high star recruits and flashy impact transfers, you know, or anything like that. It's a culture thing in Salt Lake City. We've seen that time and again. With that in mind, how big of a loss is Lander Barton to this Utah defense as they try to win their third consecutive Pac-12 championship? Very tough because to your point about, you know, Utah wants players that fit their culture. It's also nice when they're high recruits. Lander was a four-star when he came in, and he's more than lived up to the hype with what he's done as a member of the Utah football team. It's tough. I mean, the injuries are not piling up as much for Utah on the defensive side of the ball as they are offensively, but it's the second loss to Utah's front seven now. You look at Logan Fano, who really started to come on strong. He got injured when he had a sack against Oregon State even, just terrible luck in the timing there. And Coach Whittingham actually said he thought Lander might have played his best game as a Ute against USC on Friday night. So it is a very tough loss for Utah, but this Utah team is deep. It's part of what's made this program able to survive. No Cam Rising, no Brant Keithy, Thomas Yasmin out, Makai Bernard out, Micah Pittman out, Samote Peppa, Connor O'Toole, like a tons of guys. Like the injuries are just crazy. The fact that Utah's in this position is nuts. But talking Their about the injured list is like a top half starting yes. offense in the Pac 12. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it, it's unreal that they're in position. It's all the credit in the world to guys like Kyle Whittingham, Morgan Scally, the game plans he drew up, which if you need a defensive coordinator, to stop USC Morgan Scally is your first call for what he's done three games in a row now against Caleb Williams. Then obviously offensively, Andy Ludwig getting really creative with how to get Baki involved, set up Bryson for success. But going back to Lander Lander's out. You have Leavani DeMuni, who's an all Pac-12 selection from a year ago. He was good at Stanford, and he's been pretty good for Utah whenever he's filled in this year because Karene Reed missed time. The Utah defense didn't miss a beat. Utah will be a little worse without Lander. I don't think it's a huge drop-off because I think DeMuni is really good, and I think he just was a little buried on the depth chart. It was kind of like a Utah has like 1A, 1B, maybe even 1C in terms of linebackers. That's how good I think the three of those guys are. Now, if you need Foto to go in, that's a little bit of a drop. Medlock, a freshman who popped in spring ball. That's where we're getting a little like just deep in the woods for what Utah will do. But it will mostly be DeMuni and Reed. Both those guys have played football at a very high level. And I think Utah's linebacking core is still going to be very strong and one of the best in the pack. And they're going to get a big test this week. This is an Oregon mm -hmm. ground game that has gone for over 200 yards in five consecutive games. Bucky Irving is a man among boys out there. His backup, Jordan James, is no slouch. I think this, along with Oregon State, probably the best rushing attack in the conference. You know, there are some other... By the way, don't sleep on Arizona's ability to run the football. Jonah Coleman done a nice job with a, with a, with a litany of other running backs, but they've done a nice job down there in, in Tucson, which is a big game we're talking about later this week on the show because the sneaky best game of the week, obviously Oregon-Utah, college game day, which I think is great. Happy for the Utes fans. Bummed that I can't go to it, but it, it's it's going to be awesome, and it's where they should be going. But Oregon State-Arizona is the sneaky best game of the week, and the Beavs, much like the Utes and the Ducks and the Trojans now every week, are playing for their Pac-12 title hopes to remain in their own hands because if you win out, you're in. And 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 it's got, there's not going to be an eight and one team that doesn't get into the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. And then USC isn't playing for a college football playoff spot anymore. They can still play for a Pac-12 championship though, and a chance to go 
to the New Year's Six for whatever that's worth to them. Emmanuel Acho thinks that they should just you know shut it down and start playing third stringers, apparently. But I have a sneaky suspicion that's not going to happen. Just classic casual college football fan take. Just spoken like a true guy who benefits more and, uh, you know, financially from talking about the NFL and wants to ensure that Caleb Williams is there. Like, he's, he's going to get there. Relax. So, let's talk about where we sit, where we sit in the Pac-12 power rankings here. Because a lot of different ways you can go yeah. once you get past the top few, which I think have continued to separate themselves. But, you know, no Lander Barton, it, it's a loss. I tend to lean towards Utah being able to fill that void you feel confident that means i'm confident in them as well so i don't think there's a massive drop off there i think that they are are going to continue with bryson barnes i don't think we'll see a lot of nate johnson maybe a wildcat or any nate johnson in the last two weeks it's been all sioni vaki now has taken over all the reps yeah and I, i i think that that has been a revelation for them offensively and it's worked will it hold up against oregon a top 10 team yes we're, we're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. JT's trying to speak it into existence, and I'm just going <laughs> to – I got to. I'm just going to overlook that for uh, the moment. But <laughs> – Yeah. But, but, we'll but. Pac-12 power ranking, something mm-hmm. that I've been bringing out every Tuesday during the season and I think uh, is, is, a, is a good barometer for where everybody kind of sits right now. This is still the deepest conference in America. Do not kid yourself. Even with USC out of there, still the deepest conference. There, there is not one that goes deeper. I don't want to hear anything about the SEC. The Big 12 is trash. The ACC, you know, North Carolina lo- out there losing to Virginia, not able to find a way the way Washington was against Arizona State. Like, eh, this is okay. beating Clemson with a backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, almighty. What? what oh, how the mighty have fallen. What happened to Clemson? Okay, so let's go Pac-12 power rankings. I give my number one. JT gives his number one. We discuss and then so on and so on. We'll see if we have any disagreements. Number one, I have, surprise, surprise, the Washington Huskies. Do you have anybody else up there? I absolutely do. I think there's some people who would go like, oh, the Arizona State game. Like, Everybody well, has Oregon those played games. Close. Like, you, you win the game. That's all that matters. Last year, it's a game they lost to, I might mention. So I'm glad they just found a way to win. That's all that matters. Penix, the front runner for the Heisman right now to me. He's been sensational. I got to go Washington top spot too. Yeah, and by the way. Defense scored the only touchdown of the game for the dogs yeah. in that one. Mm-hmm. That defense, I'm not saying it's elite. They they still in the secondary are not USC level, but they're like minorly allergic to tackling at times. Mm-hmm. And I worry about that when they go up against Utah and Oregon State and maybe playing Oregon again. The Ducks have run the ball very well in them on the last couple of uh, in the last couple of meetings. It hasn't mattered in the end result. But still, it's something I see and go, oh, this, this might just kind of be how they are. And you're going to play some really, really good rushing teams in Utah and Oregon State. So I also have Washington won by that defense better than people think. I think they showed that a bit on a Saturday night. I have Oregon at number two. I think this is such a tremendously balanced team. Yes, I host Locked on Ducks. So JT can balance me out here if I'm being ridiculous. But the the balance between their rushing attack and their passing attack the way their defense has played this season, it's much improved from a year ago. I do feel really good about where my Ducks are right now. JT, who do you have at number two? It has to be the Oregon Ducks. When you look at their only loss being at Washington, such narrow fashion, the way Bonix has played this year. We've already talked a little bit about Oregon's ability to run the football. you got playmakers on the outside as well, defensively. Dude stepping up all over the field, too. I like, I really like Dan Lanning as a coach, too. I, and I've liked it well before the whole uh, we're fighting for clicks thing, too. He's, he's doing a great job at that yeah, Oregon gosh, program. That was good. They, 
they absolutely have to be a two to me. Yeah, I I, I think most people would be in, in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Number three, I assume we're in agreement, though th- there's an argument for me to shift this particular pick. I'm not doing it. I'm just saying the argument exists. Who am I talking about? Right now I'm talking about prize picks, which is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, pros, and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to locked on or go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Go to every locked on podcast across the network. We have a bunch of great shows, by the way, but go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Wow, the third segment sip coming out for this one. Sometimes you just have to do (laughs) what you got to do. Let's continue on with our power rankings, JT. Mm -hmm. At number three, I have Oregon State with Utah at number four. I don't know if Utes fans will feel the same way. You can provide insight on that front. If you're a Utah fan and feel that having gained clarity – with Bryson Barnes at quarterback compared to Nate Johnson, who had a pretty abysmal game against Oregon State and Corvallis in their only loss of the season, mm-hmm. I see the argument. I do not agree with it. I see the argument for saying, hey, this Utah team is better than they were then. They should be above Oregon State. Game would have been closer if Bryson had played. Perhaps there was also, as I touched on earlier in the show, a reason that the staff once upon a time said Nate gives us a better chance to win than Bryson. You are absolutely correct. I put a lot of, even I know I'm locked on Utah, so maybe I should be like, ah, Utah, this Utah. No, I put way too much stock in head to head. And also I will like Bryson's better. Now he got more experience. Bryson did get in that game, drove Utah down the field, ended up throwing an interception. Utah's offense was a mess. Like, Bryson was probably the least thing wrong with Utah. Even that drive that there were like got backed up a bunch of penalties either way. Head to head matters. This was not like these two teams played in August. And now they're like Utah looks like a different team, but maybe we can have this discussion after they, if they upset Oregon at home. But to me, the head to head was so recent. Also, you look what they did against UCLA while Utah held UCLA more in check at home. UCLA team is better against Oregon State than they were against that Utah team. You see DJU coming to his own with the Beavs offense. We've talked about Utah a lot, so I agree. Three Oregon State, four Utah for me as well. Okay, here's where it gets fun. And and yeah. by fun, I, I mean spicy, habanero hot. This is not I, – I don't do troll takes. I just do honest opinions. And I have Arizona power rated above USC. I have Arizona at number five and USC mm-hmm. at number six. Here's yeah. my reasoning. Arizona walked into Pullman and took a top 25 team and mopped the floor with them. I'm sorry, Washington State. You know I love you. But Arizona embarrassed Washington State. Does anybody feel like USC is capable of embarrassing anyone but themselves at this point in time? Because I don't feel that way. They did They did do it to Stanford, but I know what you mean. Yeah, that doesn't count. I know. I know. <laughs> and then besides, that was early season Stanford. There's new – well, kind of. They lost 42-7. to seven. But – Arizona went into Los Angeles and and when it was a coin flip game, 
Coin flip game. Arizona yeah. could have had one play for the win in overtime. They should have gone for two, could have won the football game. And then I look at USC, and once again, we're seven games or we're eight games into the season with the Trojans, and we're wondering, um, does Alex Grinch know anything about defense or is he the same guy? Guess what? He's the same guy. And I don't I don't think Arizona's got a lockdown defense, but I thought they made good moves this offseason. They're only a four-point underdog against Oregon State this week in a fascinating football game. I love what I've seen from Noah Fafita. I think he should be the starter going forward here. I know that Arizona's got a worse record, but only by one game, and that one game was a coin flip with USC. And, and the Trojans, they, they, they don't look like a great offensive team, even though they have the weapons and the head coach and the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And Arizona just went into Washington State, into Pullman, where we know it's tough to play against a good Washington State team, a solid Washington State team, and embarrass them. What win matches up with 44-6 to against Washington State and Pullman that USC has? What win? I, don't, I, I do not see it. Their best win of the year is probably against Stanford. Who's better, Washington State or Stanford? I'm going to go with Washington State. I have Arizona at number five and USC at number six. You said the best win they have. The it might be against Arizona. That's my thing. It's the head to head that just happened a couple weeks ago where they did beat Arizona. So I do go back to the head to head, and I also do think with USC too. Look, Utah is a very bad matchup for them, and I'm not trying to make excuses for them. But I also we just saw them beat Arizona. I think Utah matches up with them poorly. It is so hard to win at Notre Dame. Ohio State on, almost lost to them, and we see how good. That team looks right now after beating Penn State, even though the offense did have their struggles in that game. But I think with USC, it's still Caleb Williams. It's still Lincoln Riley. They're still going to throw up points in bunches. And even in that game against Utah, there's so many things they'll be kicking themselves about on the tape, the fumbles, all the other things. And yes, other teams can you can say that as well negatively about them. But at the end of the day, they just beat this Arizona team two weeks ago. I still think Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley will figure it out because going back to what we said earlier, Caleb is going to be staying in college for now. So right now, I do have to have USC just slightly above Arizona, even though I love what Coach Fish and the Wildcats are doing right now. And Fifita is a stud. Yeah, I agree. By the way, USC on the road against Cal this week. Lowly three and four Cal. They're only about a 10, 11 point favorite. Yeah. That's not, we'll that, that is, that is not, that is not a huge line. You talk about a Pac 12 prime picks candidate. Yeah, that right there. Okay. UCLA, I have just below USC for one reason and one reason only. I have been on this with UCLA since the summer, and that is I don't love the quarterback situation. You either have middling to moderately experienced power five starters or people who haven't started the power five before or you're starting a true freshman well guess what what's held ucla back this year hasn't been the ground game hasn't been the defense hasn't been special teams it's been the quarterback play and on a neutral field usc i think is a better team than ucla because it's not as if usc got blasted by utah they led the game with less than two minutes to go. Once again, their defense wasn't able to make a stop. There's still some sense in me that Lincoln Riley can get the offense right. The defense, no hope, but the offense can be corrected for the Trojans, whereas the ceiling on UCLA's offense is low. It is a low ceiling offense, whether you have Dante Moore, Colin Schley, or Ethan Garbers back there. there there's just not a lot they can do. So I have UCLA one spot below USC. When they match up later in the year, I won't be shocked, though, if the Bruins win the football game because they're a much more physical team than USC. 
They are. In so many ways, UCLA is just a little worse than Utah because I think their defense is really good, but it's not quite as good as Utah's, even though they got some playmakers, especially Latu up front. That is a guy who's going to be making plays on Sundays in the very near future. He is so good. He's the number one graded edge rusher on PFF in the entire country. He is he's a he's a freak of nature. Is what he, he stood out. I watched I watched the Utah versus UCLA game in person, and even in person, it can be hard to see defensive linemen stand out. He was that good. He still stuck st- stuck it out, even in the trenches where it gets cluttered. But yeah, the quarterback situation here is just it's such a glaring from a turnover standpoint. Like Bryson hasn't been turning it over. I think that's why we still feel good about a team like Utah. So little worse defensively. They really haven't figured out the quarterback situation where it feels like Utah's trending in the right direction there. So I, I feel the same way. I got UCLA below. Um, well, I you, I go USC, Arizona, then UCLA for me. Gotcha. Okay, and then and then right below them, I assume Washington State, who by the way was yeah. a lean win for me after their performance against Oregon. Cam Ward back over 400 yards passing. The Cougs' schedule gets super favorable. They're sitting at four and three. Don't be shocked. I think they are most likely to be seven and four going into that Washington game at the end of the year. Don't be shocked if it's eight and three. It, do not be do not sit here and be like oh my gosh i can't believe i can believe it they got some winnable games coming up uh washington state cal right below them are we in agreement there cal above arizona yeah. state i think cal's a better team i'm good i'm good with that yeah part of me is you know thinking about like you know colorado is stanford stanford just got steamrolled so like the colorado stanford loss was that just a bad loss are they going to be able to turn around the buffs but I, I don't know. Their schedule, too. It just gets brutal. I don't see a lot of wins coming up for the Buffs. So, yeah, I think Washington State, obviously, it would be the next team after UCLA. And I got a lot of respect for that Cal team. Ugh. Yeah. Um, mm. You know what? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go call. I'm going to go Colorado barely above Cal. And mm-hmm. I feel bad saying that because I am such a big fan of the trenches. But I think as Shador Sanders is, that was a bad game for him against Stanford. I think Travis Hunter's going to get healthier soon. And I, I think they would just narrowly beat them, but that one would be a coin flip for me. It's just the quarterback mismatch there is so blatant to me. And I don't think there's the roster differences of why I feel like US, uh, Utah can continue to compete despite their quarterback deficiencies. I don't feel like Cal is as strong in those other positions. Yeah. By the way, th- th- this power rankings, at least for me, is who I think has the highest ceiling slash who's been the most impressive so far. Okay. And I think that Colorado do, I'm doing best right now. That's kind of how I'm trying to. Yeah, that it. as well. I'm like, yeah. I'm like a smorgasbord of those three things, but I factor in who's been the most impressive. And I, I, I think, sure. you know, you could put Arizona state above Cal. They played a close game in Berkeley. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't hate that per se. I have Colorado at 11 uh, and then mm-hmm. Stanford down there at, at 12. Cause Stanford's yeah. best win is against, Colorado um, and Stanford, you know, got blown out by UCLA. Like they're, they're, they're still bottom of the conference. I assume, I assume you agree there. I, I do. I just, yeah, I, I was great to see them get that win against Colorado, yeah, but it was. it was also one of the, one of the ones based on how it played out. I just don't feel like, like, I think if they play 10 times, like maybe Stanford gets two or three, but even that like Colorado should, I should have won more of those. So yeah. And then Arizona state, same thing where Colorado still got the head to head over them. I, I still think Kenny Dillingham's the right guy down there. It's just a rebuild. It, it takes time. So yep. I, I think we, we line up very similarly with the last few minus the Colorado Cal thing. All right, so my Pac-12 power rankings to wrap up today's show, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, Arizona, USC, UCLA, Washington State, Cal, Arizona State, Colorado, and Stanford. JT goes Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, USC, UCLA, Arizona, Washington State, Cal, Arizona State, Colorado, and – no, you had Colorado higher. Sorry, you had Colorado above Arizona State, right? 
Yep. Colorado, yeah, Colorado above, above Arizona State. State. Uh, and then down to Stanford. JT Wister still locked on at Utes. Thanks for joining me, man. Always appreciate it. A lot of fun. Appreciate it, Spencer. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.